This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Well, have you ever passed through a cemetery and wanted to glimpse into the stories behind the headstones? The tales from darkest Dunedin tours are an interactive and interesting way to learn Dunedin's colonial history and about the everyday people who sought to make a life here, for better or for worse. The tours are led by Gregor Campbell. Gregor, you might recognise one of the voices on a fantastic show, Heritage Matters, here on ORFM. Gregor joins us now. Morena, Gregor, nice to have you with us. Hi there, how's it going? Gregor, when was the spark of interest in these dark tales ignited in you? Well, it was when I saw an inscription on a gravestone in the Southern Cemetery which has uh, a single date, three names, and includes the words, who were brutally murdered. And when I saw that, I just had to go home and get online and see if I could find anything um, about the three people who were buried there. And it turns out, yeah, they were all murdered in their house in Crawford Street in 1880 down by the university. And presumably, Gregor, it's not just an interest in the macabre, but you are an historian, uh, you have a wider interest. Uh, yes, yes, and actually I should say it's not Crawford Street, it's Cumberland Street. Ah. Um, and yeah, the as it turned out, um, some people see cemeteries as you know spooky places. Uh, I really see them as libraries because I have found the stories of many, many lives by following the clues that I've found on gravestone inscriptions. And you, I'm, our listeners, I'm sure, will be interested in the journey that, that then takes you on because uh, I, I would say that many of us have, have walked past and stopped and considered perhaps an interesting inscription on a headstone, uh, wondered, as you've suggested, about what the story might be behind them, but few of us perhaps would know what to then do with that curiosity. What do you do? Well, what, what I did initially was I discovered um, New Zealand's absolutely stunning historic resource called Papers Past. And uh, Sean Brosnahan, the director of Toitu, uh, in a recent speech said that, in his opinion, it was the best of its kind in the world. And I can't disagree with, disagree with him. Uh, it has, among other things, uh, a searchable database of more than 90 million stories from New Zealand newspapers between 1837 and 1979. That's significant in terms of a treasure trove for you. Probably not your only source for reference, but um, sounds like an amazing one. Where else might you go to dig up the truth? Well, Archives New Zealand Online has uh, so far not disappointed when it comes to the personal army records of uh, First World War soldiers. And often, of course... uh, Soldiers are not buried in local cemeteries, but are commemorated on uh, on local gravestones, and they're they're buried uh, somewhere in Europe. Um, Sometimes they are their grave is not known because they they basically died and were buried by the enemy, and um, no one has been able to to identify their remains. And so what you've now done with this curiosity and uh, this reservoir of knowledge is decide to share that with others through developing these tours. Tell us about what you have on offer. Well, what I first did was I started publishing a blog and um, then I, I started to, to do tours of uh, Dunedin's main cemeteries and 
basically it is a, a walk around the the, uh, the cemeteries and telling the stories that I've found of people buried there. And the stories range from, uh, well, Captain William Cargill, who was the, the first leader of the colony of Otago. Uh, there are murder victims, um, quite a few in local cemeteries. Uh, there are people who, for one reason or another, uh, committed suicide. And uh, there, there are people who... Um, died quite mysteriously. And what is it, do you think, about those kinds of stories that make for a great tour? Is it something in our personalities? I think so. And one review that I've had, and it was something that I had kind of thought myself, and, and uh, but I, I really didn't dare say it, was someone said that, that the people were almost brought alive as people. And although... Uh, it is quite easy to dwell on the, the darker side of how people died. I would rather talk about really how they lived because there are certain things that are very, very different between now and then, and there are certain things that are very much the same. Yes, it's interesting, isn't it? I have to say, and, and this is probably news to most people, but at one stage in my early working life, I was working as a death's registration clerk. So you'd like that, Gregor, no doubt. Um, and it was so fascinating to look back at you know, uh, the causes of death around in the late 1800s. There's a lot of people who fell off the back of horses, got run over by buggies uh, and so forth. It was very different times. Yes, uh, and in fact... At the time, and we're talking Victorian age, um, they called drowning the New Zealand death because we had a lot of rivers and not that many bridges. Uh, also, when uh, railways were built, um, a lot of people uh, died in various ways um, in railway accidents. The locations that you choose and the time that you choose, tell us about uh, how and when you run your tours. Well, Generally, the, the early afternoon, I have a, a tour around the inner city that starts at 11. I'm doing one this morning. And uh, generally, I make provision for a cemetery tour in the afternoon, but I can do them in the evening. Um, I try not to, uh, to have them after dark, not because it's spooky. I don't regard cemeteries as being spooky. It's just uh, <laughs> there are tripping hazards, and it can be, it can be a bit difficult uh, in full daylight to see some of the inscriptions at night. I have to spotlight with a torch. Gregor, who are your customers? Are they locals? Are they visitors? A mix of both? It is a mix of both, and often it's people who uh, may have a connection with one of the graves. When I did my first um, commercial or professional one, a woman came from Invercargill because... Her, I think, great-grandmother had had, as her bridesmaid, one of the three people who were murdered in Cumberland Street. That's, and they wanted, what, to find out more, to find out what you knew? Uh, well, she'd read my blog story about it, and uh, she'd also paid to have the headstone um, taken from the ground because it was lying on the ground when I first saw it. So she had it replaced and replaced upright. And the story is quite a long one, but um, basically the family were murdered because um, the wife and mother had taken some stolen jewellery 
from someone who was about to go to prison for burglary. And when the guy came out and asked for the jewellery back, she said, I'm a respectable woman and I want nothing more to do with you. And the woman who was on the tour had a gold bracelet that she had inherited from her great-grandmother. And so we could be fairly sure that the bracelet she was wearing was part of the stash that the murderer had given the victim and was part of the reason for the murder. Wow. I mean, that, that's just astounding, isn't it? It astounded me. And as, a, as a, a little bonus for the other people on the tour, it was quite stunning and never, never to be repeated. And there are tales not only of murder, but of course of shipwreck, of foreign wars, as you've touched on, uh, city fires. This is partly building up historic knowledge of some of the important events of the city and the times. Yes, yes. And uh, looking at the, the, the coverage back in those days, you find little details that are, are very human, um, very touching. Uh, you talk about shipwreck, and some people might know about the collision between two harbour ferries in the 1870s and uh, an entire family which were below decks and uh, the, the husband was going to be the first rector of Otago Boys High School. They'd come from England and they'd stayed at Port Chalmers while um, the reverend um, rector went to find them a house in Dunedin. And then they came up at night uh, to find their home and their ship was run into by another ferry when the, um, the diver went down to collect people's belongings and bring up the bodies, and it was the first use of a, a diving suit in Otago, think of the, the old sort of hand-cranked one with the, the brass helmet, um, apparently they found the youngest child still in his mother's arms. And when the diver had finished his job, he went to a little corner of the tugboat that, that he was operating from, and he sat down and he was seen to weep because of what he'd seen. Mm. And, and so to literally make a strong man cry, um, that's a, a fantastic detail of a, a very, very tragic event. And the way these things were reported in newspapers of the time too, the, the full and colourful detail is so present in much of the writing. Well, then as now, um, so to say, if it bled, it led. I've really found only a few cases, uh, especially court reporting, where either the court has been cleared of both the public and journalists, or uh, in one case the journalist has said, uh, in order to preserve the dignity of the victim, I will not report uh, the injuries that the, the doctor uh, described in court. But normally... Uh, when a, a doctor was giving evidence as to the, the injuries received by a victim, usually a murder victim, it became part of the public record and it could be reported. Gregor, presumably the journey is not over for you. You're still working away on revealing more stories from each of the sites that you're visiting? Definitely. Um, there, there are literally thousands of stories to be found. My blog um, has uh, gone past 1,000 separate stories, but lots, lots more to be found and uh, lots more to find, not just in Eden Cemeteries. Uh, 
other ones in Otago. Um, I was hoping to, to cover one in Auckland um, a couple of weeks ago, but uh, Auckland started flooding and we decided to go to, to central Otago instead. So I, I did a, a second, more detailed survey of a couple of the cemeteries there. Gregor, uh, how do you feel about being a tour leader? Are you a natural storyteller? Do you enjoy that part of the process? I do enjoy it. Um, it. It has been very much a, um, a learning experience, but I've, I've liked telling stories and I guess telling jokes um, for, uh, for many, many years. And some of the stories that I have found in local cemeteries have just been so fascinating um, that it is, um, it's a real pleasure to share them with people. And um, it's almost as if I, I can uh, find the stories for the first time in telling them to people who have come along to, to find some local history and not just local history because um, it's world history. It's, it's World War One history, Second World War history um, and also um, some incidents from the land wars in the North Island, although uh, the land wars never occurred in Otago. Uh, there were prisoners doing hard labour who were, were captured after the land wars and, and brought here. I've been speaking with Gregor Campbell about his cemetery and historical tours of Dunedin. You can find out more from the website darkestdunedin.co.nz. And Gregor, where can we find your blog? Uh, you can find it on Blogspot, that's the platform, and... If you look for my, I guess, my nom de plume or nom de blog, which is Otago Taffophile, all one word, and it's T-A-P-H-O-P-H-I-L-E. A taffophile is someone who loves cemeteries. Oh, there you go. Learn something new every day, as indeed you do too, no doubt, Gregor. Thanks so much for taking some time to join us here on ORFM's Awesome Morning Show. No worries. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.